Hello. Hello. Again. Again. We're recording this right after the last one. <laughs> yeah. Just back to back. We just might as well get in and do it. Yes. Otherwise, we won't. Um, <laughs> uh, so, we, didn't know hello. we forgot uh, in the last episode, y'all yes. know who we are if you're joining us. Which yeah. you're probably our friends, so you probably don't know who we are. But <laughs> just in case you don't, I'm Elizabeth. Um, people call me Beth. Yes, I am Sierra, uh, aka Sylvan Ellis on uh, Wattpad. Yes, she's got a lot of uh, fanfics on there. And so did you take your book down? Yes, I did because okay. if it's on there, it's it's hard to get published. I got you. definitely so. But she does have a lot of really, really, really good fanfictions on there. I love them. Angst everywhere. And uh, you may, uh, from time to time, hear me refer to her as Wawa or hear her refer to me as sister. Those are your family <laughs> names. Sorry if they confuse you. Yes. <laughs> it's just how it is. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, so welcome to Chronicles of Fiction. Chronicles where we of read, Fiction. Where we read currently Lord of the Rings fan fiction. We might branch out eventually, but for the time being, we have both fallen back into the fandom hard. Yeah. Um, it's bad, but it's the best. It is. And today, I think we're going to read of Tukes and Brandy Bucks. Um, oh, shoot. Who's it by? Uh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Idril underscore Telcontar. Okay. Very sorry if that was mispronounced. mispronounced. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, um, yeah, I don't yeah language is very well <laughs> um speaking of languages though i saw this thing um about tolkien who it was talking about like all the different dialects that he wrote for elvish and how he came up with sign language for the dwarves and how he basically could have written lord of the rings in elvish if he had chosen to and oh. I was like, oh my god oh that's my. all i want would i be able to read it no. No, but we want to listen to it. I, yeah, I could I could listen to that all day long. Yes. It, that would just be that would be amazing. Yes. yes. Uh, I would love to be able to speak it. I can speak some like a couple some words, a few phrases, yeah. but that's about it. I have a book that could teach me, but that would require me sitting and <laughs> um learning and I just I hated high school, so I don't see how this would be a whole lot different. Amazing. <laughs> so, other than I'd actually use the Elvish more than I use my high school degree, but um, we don't need to talk I about that. It. I believe that. I believe that. So. It has its place. It has its place in the world. <laughs> and while it may seem weird to have a podcast about fan fiction, um, look, we're just trying to get that feeling that Tolkien gives us. Yes. And yeah. sometimes a 20-minute fan fiction is all we have time for as opposed to a three-hour movie. And But it is, as someone who I did not grow up reading fan fiction like Me you either. did, um, it is so much fun to dive into stories that these people have made um, exploring different areas of the books. It is. It is. Um, it is just, and because who can say that it's not real? Like, you right. can't say, you can't right. say that it's not can't. So I, I absolutely love it. And um, I hope that our listeners who are huge Tolkien fans um, find it um, as a little way of diving into or getting that piece of Tolkien without having to commit to a three hour, 
three to six <laughs> hour movie, depending on which version you watch. Yeah. And not only that, it's kind of to give, we want to give a platform to these yes. writers who are brilliant, but might yeah. only just write fan fiction for the moment, or they just don't have um, other stuff published. And yeah. having that platform can really help in the publishing world. Um, and we kind of want to, we just kind of want to help that because fan fiction is very underrated. And to some people, it doesn't have the best name, which I think is the worst. Like, it is so good. Like, why would you think that it's not? <laughs> people, people take advantage of it, I think, too. Just yeah. everything, you know. And, yeah. uh, but that doesn't mean that there is not a good, wholesome side to it. There is. Because there absolutely there is. There absolutely is. Um, on- this is going to, uh, this is going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um it's going to curb our appetite until this Lord of the Rings show comes yes. out, uh, which we're both very excited for. They finally have finished filming. I want to say it was fall of this year that it said it was coming okay. out. I haven't looked. Don't hold me to that. I think it was fall of this year on Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, if I remember correctly, it is going to be uh, following the second age. So. Oh, okay. See, I haven't kept tabs on. Girl, I have. <laughs> um now Caleb was telling me yesterday that um when Christopher Tolkien passed they fired all the writers and hired new ones. What? I don't know if that's true. Um but if that happened, I'm scared because Yeah. Um that makes me worry that they're going to just try and make it compete with Game of Thrones. Right. And Game of Thrones has a very different feel. Oh yeah, Lord very different. Feel. It's a different it's a different type of fantasy for lack yeah. of better words. But we'll see. I mean, I think if they screw it up, they're going to have they're going to get a lot more backlash than they think. Uh yes, they're messing with the wrong, the wrong fandom because yeah, we're really very protective. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, one thing I really like about the Tolkien um, and the Lord of the Rings fandom is that if you're a new fan, I think we're the most, aside from the Silmarillion, when people who really get into Silmarillion, sometimes they struggle with letting new people in, I have found. But with Lord of the Rings, um, we're like, oh, honey, you don't know this? That's okay. Like, there's a lot of lore here. Let us teach you. And then but then it's like, okay, well, if you have all this money, then you can definitely learn a thing or two and don't don't ruin it for us, okay? Right. Like, right. Yeah. But um, also it is one of the older fandoms. It is. You know, you think of like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, those of all those are all way more recent yeah. than the, um with uh, Star with- Wars would probably be the only other competing one as far as like right. As long, but even that was 80s and, you know, The Hobbit and stuff came out well before then. Well before so. then. And The Lord of the Rings doesn't have an author who is still living who can say, yes, I approve of this. Or yeah, so it's up to us. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it ought to be interesting. Um, Did you ever watch the Tolkien movie? I didn't. And oh, I, neither have I. I want to so bad. Yeah, the next time I have, like, a self-care kind of night, I think I'm going to rent it and watch it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, because Caleb and I were talking about it. We might rent it, I don't know, sometime this week. Because I really want I feel like I need to watch it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, well, do we want to jump right in? Yeah, I'm going to just jump right into this one. Um, it is, I mean, scroll back up to the top here, uh, <laughs> of Tooks and Brandy Books, um, which they are some of my favorite hobbits from Lord yes. of the Rings. They just, they can't be, that I just, I love them so um, This is by, again, sorry for the mispronunciation, Idril underscore Telcontour. Um, you can look her up on Wattpad, um, and it's subtitled Parties and Pranks, so you know this is going to be amazing. Yes. Um, it does have a little blurb here. It says, hi, I'm sorry, y'all, if my computer's making noises. <laughs> sorry. I will get that fixed eventually. Uh, okay, it says, hi, I started this little fic a couple of months ago in between writing my other much longer Lord of the Rings story. Just felt the need for some puppet fun since that story is more intense. It's set in the Fourth Age, about 20 years after the events of Return of the King. Frodo has already gone to the Grey Havens. Sam is the mayor. Pimpin is the Thane? Is that the correct way to pronounce that? I'm not T-H-A-I-N, Thane. Yeah. And Mary is the Master of Buckland. Faramir Took is Tolkien's creation, but Mary's children are entirely my own. Hope you enjoy. So that gives you a little bit of background on uh, like where we're starting and stuff. This is one of the few, there's not a whole lot of fan fictions that I have run across that follow Faramir Took. Ah. Pippin's, it's Pippin's son, right? Yeah. Ye- yeah. Pippin, yes, Pippin. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It took me a second. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Hold on one second. I'm trying to. My computer is connect having connectivity issues. Oh, I have no doubt that poor- my computer is so old. It's it's not it's not good. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the lights were bright in the party tree, as scores of hobbits danced and sang cheerful songs at its base. Though not yet as tall as the tree which had once stood here in days gone by, the young tree was far more beautiful. It was the only Malorn tree anywhere in Middle-earth outside of the woods of Lorien. Oh, that's awesome! That is awesome. A tree, so I'm guessing they either were given, like, a seed or something um, to plant there. I think that has something to do with what Galadriel gave Sam in the book. Ah. He gave him like soil or something like that, so he could oh, that's right. plant the flowers and the I guess yes. trees. I bet I think I bet you that's connected. Okay, okay, that makes so much sense. <clears throat> its wood was smooth and silvery gray and seemed to shimmer with moonlight itself. Its leaves, green on one side and silver on the other, fell during springtime, and new ones were sprouting alongside beautiful golden flowers. It had been planted here by Samwise Gamgee, yep, after the uh, scouring of the Shire. The land of the hobbits, which had been scarred and mutilated by Saruman's forces, was restored and brought to life under Sam's careful ministrations, aided in no small way by the earth he had been gifted from the, guardi- from the garden of Lady Galadriel herself, and was thriving and as vibrant as ever. The Malorn tree was the envy of all those who came from far and wide to see it. That's amazing. That's awesome. Faramir took new all this, but he didn't care. The party was in full swing, and, as in all Hobbit parties, there was a great deal of drink, food, and song on offer for all. 
The party field was crammed with hobbits of all ages and sizes. Tooks, brandy bucks, oh god, bra- brace, brace girdles, proudfoots, <laughs> bulgers, gardeners, and a whole host of others. <laughs> They're not quite <laughs> the names. No, it's great. <laughs> Uh, they're not quite on the scale of the legendary 11D first birthday party of the esteemed Bilbo Baggins. There was sufficient merriment and enjoyment on display to make this a day worth discussing in the taverns of the Shire for a good couple of months. After all, it was their mayor's 60th birthday, Samwise Gardner, formerly Gamgee. And if that was not an excuse for pipe weed and beer, then what was? <laughs> not, of course, that hobbits needed any such excuses. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> Faramir grinned as he surveyed the field of mismatched tents and half-drunken hobbits. The night was ripe for some good mischief, and mischief was what he was good at. He ducked behind one tent as half a dozen gardener children ran ran by, all shrieking with delight at their new toys, their father's birthday forgotten, and waited, making sure he was concealed from sight of most of the partygoers. Many hobbits had gathered in this tent for the storytelling portion of the evening. One of the highlights of any party in the Shire, but greater still because everyone knew that Sam Gardner's stories were the best on offer. It was here, once a year, they could allow themselves to sit and listen to stories of trolls and giant spiders, elves and dwarves, and mountains of fire, before bidding everyone goodnight and wandering back to their own safe beds, the limits of their curiosity filled. After all, no one wanted stories like that every day. It would only encourage strange and unhobbit-like behavior among the young. Through the thick canvas, Faramir could he- just about hear Sam's voice, only a little slurred by the multitudes of beer he had consumed. He was speaking of the coronation of King Elisar. Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? And his audience were in raptured silence, though they had heard the story multiple times. Some lucky hobbits had even seen the king from afar as he rode past the Shire on his way to oh, oh, Anumanas? Uh, I'd have to see it. A, it's like A-N-N-U-M-I-N-A-S for his visits to the Northern Kingdom. I don't know. Close enough. Fairmere <laughs> knew without looking that his father was also there by Sam's side, perhaps hoping he would be called upon to give a story or two of his own. He never failed to wish to show off his Gondorian sword and mail. Fairmere crouched there for a while, his knees beginning to ache, and patience, rapidly, and patience growing rapidly. Now, where was he? They were running out of time. Just as Sam began to move on to talk of Elisar's wedding, Faramir heard a shuffling behind him, and a hand clapped him on the shoulder. Gobby's face, red and sweaty, loomed into view through the dim light. Uh, hold on, there's a bunch of ads. Sorry, he puffed, wiping his brow. I couldn't find the right cart, and it was heavier than I thought. Shh, hissed Faramir, glancing at the tent, worried anyone had hurt. Did you get it? Gobby chuckled and patted a small crate at his side. I got it. Had to drag it here, but I got it. Faramir's face split with glee. Finally, the mischief he had been planning for nearly a year was about to come to fruition. He stretched out and pulled the the crate closer, hearing with pleasure the scuffling and squeaks of the creatures within. It had taken months of careful planning to gather all this together. Hours and hours he and Gobby had spent, combining every inch of Brandy Hall and the great smiles of Tuckborough, searching for enough creatures for the task. They had been bitten, scratched, covered in filth, but nothing had put them off. For weeks now, the crate, the great crate 
had been squeezed under Faramir's bed, only coming out twice a day for some food to be thrown in and some of the mess to be removed. It all came down to this. Are you ready? Faramir asked. Saw Gobby's answering grin through the darkness. Together they slid the they slid off the lid of the crate and tipped it onto its side. Faramir simultaneously lifting a flap of canvas on the tent. Immediately four dozen large and filthy rats came swarming out from the crate, fleeing into the warmth of the tent, where the delicious aroma of cakes and other sweet things still lingered. Instantaneously there arose such a great clamor within the tent that it probably could have been heard as far as Buckland. Screams and shrieks filled the night air, and there was a loud stomping of feet and knocking over tables and chairs as chaos took over those inside the tent. Faramir and Gobby cackled with glee as they listened and proudly shook hands, feeling thoroughly pleased with themselves. They stood up and edged around the tent and saw hobbits issuing from it, running in all directions, often pursued by little funny blobs on the ground, still smelling the remains of crumbs on their clothes and faces. Hobbits fell over tables and chairs, and hobbit children went flying, as did cups and plates and other cro crockery which smashed on the ground. This is just a funny picture to me. <laughs> <clears throat> the food, the food, wailed one young vulgar, standing upon a barrel with his plate piled high with cakes, lifting them far out of the reach of the little rodents. The beer, cried a proudfoot, standing in horror as he saw a tankard had been knocked over in the confusion, and a small group of rats had broken off to laugh at it with little pink tongues. The pipeweed, a brace girdle shouted, seeing some long pink tails dive into the barrels of wheat. The children, one mother shrieked, dragging away a clutch of children from the rats as she ran across the party field. Faramir and Gobby watched the utter devastation and tried hard not to crease over in laughter. No one would forget this party in a while. Faramir took Gorbadoc Brandybuck, I might have known. Faramir and Gobby winced and tried to run, but two large, strong hands had seized them from behind. Faramir felt himself be propelled towards another rat-free tent and shoved in through the flaps. He wheeled around to see Mayor Sam looking severely down at both of them, arms folded across his chest. Gobby hung his head, but Faramir continued staring back, affecting a look of wide-eyed astonishment. Sam wasn't fooled. Don't give me that look, Master Faramir. I know this has something to do with the two of you. I don't know what you mean, Mayor, sir, Faramir said as innocently as he could, silently cursing the flushing face of his accomplice. We're as shocked as you are. <laughs> and I'm a wizard, Sam said, shaking his head. Just wait till your father hears about this. Your fathers hear about this. I think I saw them running down towards the bywater, sir, Gobby said, and Faramir could not help but snort with laughter. Sam just sighed. You made a lot of people very upset by this, you know, he said, frowning. They'll be talking about this for months. We were just trying to have some fun, Faramir said, trying to look remorseful, but inwardly delighting at Sam's comment. We didn't mean any harm by it. I'm sorry. And I'm not daft enough to believe that one, not for one minute, Sam said. He shook his head again. I should have expected something like this, especially after what your own fathers used to get up to. Gobby's head shot straight up and even Faramir blinked in surprise. The two exchanged a brief glance. What do you mean by that? Sam raised an eyebrow. Oh, so Mary and Pimpin haven't told you about their own youth. He cast a glance towards the tent entrance where the sounds of picnic hobbits, panicked hobbits, <laughs> could still be heard rushing past. I might just have to fill you in on that. Faramir and Gobby leaned in eagerly, eyes wide. Tell us, please. Sam glanced once more back at the tent entrance and chewed his lip thoughtfully. It was clear he was debating whether or not to say anything, 
caught between his love of telling stories and his duties as mayor to keep order. The storyteller won. All right, but I'm only telling you so that I can make sure you know how wrong it is, he said, wagging his finger at them. Having fun is all well and good, but pranks and mischievous goings-on are no good for anybody, and decent folks won't stand for it. And don't go and think about repeating any of this, mind. Now's, now's I know you... Now's I know you know about it, I'll know just where to come looking if I hear any mischief like it, if you take my meaning. We won't, Fairmere and Gobby <laughs> promise, holding their heads, holding their hands over their hearts. Sam hardly looked as though he believed them, but it didn't stop him from pulling up a chair and gesturing to the two young hobbits to do likewise. He settled himself nicely and cleared his throat importantly. Well now, have you heard of a hobbit called Farmer Maggot? <laughs> The two hobbit lads sat transfixed for half an hour, hardly believing their luck, as Sam, the mayor of the Shire, sat and told them how, told them both how their fathers would sneak into Farmer Maggot's fields in search of mushrooms, how they'd once caused uproar in the Green Dragon by bursting in and announcing that an entire army of trolls was descending on Hobbiton, and how they'd, and how they'd sneaked under the table tables at one of Old Bilbo's birthday parties and tied everyone's shoes together. So that when everyone stood to drink his health, they ended up falling into, <laughs> into each other. That's it's amazing. Uh, Fairbeer was in awe. His father had never once mentioned any of this to him. All of the stories he had heard of his father had been about his deeds in the wars down south, the battles he had been in, and victories he'd won. He'd never have thought of his father, the Thane, would ever be so mischievous. Gavi likewise was sitting amazed, his eyes round as saucers. Sam spoke for so long that they hardly noticed the sounds of the disrupted party beginning to return to normal, with hobbits beginning to laugh off the incident and recover somewhat with a few more drinks and cakes. No one seemed to know or care where their mayor, whose party they were at, was to be found, and they, were remain and they remained undiscovered for a good while, until the flap was opened once more. The boys turned disappointed and saw their fathers enter. They both nodded at Sam. Aha! Faramir's father cried upon seeing them. There are the little criminals. Caught them for us, Sam. Good work, Mary said, looking down at them. The sheriffs will be wanting to take them off now. Gobby's face drained of color and he began to tremble, but Faramir was not fooled by the bluff. He was now 11 years old, a whole year older than Gobby, and far less gullible. <laughs> oh, 11? No, to be 11. That's amazing. <clears throat> sheriffs only care about what happens on the borders, Faramir said, folding his arms. They don't bother with things like this. Mary raised an eyebrow eyebrow deadly serious they will if the mayor thane and master of buckland ask them to Faramir faltered for a moment and then shook his head what proof have you got by way of his answer his father held up the crate in which they concealed the rats he turned it over and read the lettering underneath <laughs> <laughs> property of brandy hall do not <laughs> now i'm not sure how a crate from brandy hall got all the way here but I'd hazard a guess that it may have been that large lump under the sheet on our wagon on the way over here, Mary finished, looking at Gobby. Now, I know hobbits don't peck light, but I'm not fool enough to believe you needed it. You needed that big bag and that big crate to carry everything. <laughs> this was too much for Gobby. He burst into tears and sniffed miserably. I'm sorry, Father, it was just a joke. Faramir rolled his eyes at his friend. He always... He always was too easy to break, but he wasn't about to stand down and kept staring back at the two older hobbits. A joke like this could cause chaos, Mary said, but his voice was more gentle seeing his son's distress. 
There'll be exterminators trudging up and down Hobbiton for weeks. They'll get into the food stores. They'll nibble through the doors. They'll completely take over. Do you see why this was a bad idea? Gobby nodded, wiping his nose, but Faramir refused to back down. At least neither of us ever saw mushrooms, he said, crossing his arms and smirking as he saw Mary and his father's jaws drop. Their eyes flicked to Sam. You traitor. Sam held up his hands and shrugged. Someone would have told them sooner or later. Are you trying to corrupt our children? Mary asked, exasperated. <laughs> trying to corrupt. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Mr. Brandybuck, I think they're doing pretty well on their own. Or one is, at least. Faramir's father turned to look at him, his gaze skeptical. This was your idea, wasn't it? I know what took scheme when I see one. Come on, you two. No more party food for you. Faramir said nothing, but he couldn't help stop a small smile tugging at the corner of his lips. His father shook his head and just gestured for the two boys to follow them out, out of the tent, which they did, after a brief farewell to Sam. Just as they were leaving the tent, Faramir could have sworn he saw a similar, barely suppressed smile on his father's face. Peace seemed to have mostly been restored outside of the tent as the party had shifted down to the far end of the field, away from the rats who could still be seen scavenging here and there among the debris. Hobbits could be heard toasting toasting their good fortune as to have escaped, even from this distance. The party looked as though it could easily continue for another hour or two, but Faramir's father and Mary but Faramir's father and Mary guided the two boys away from the party and onto the road, which led to Bywater and the Green Dragon Inn, where they were staying the night. Gobby hiccuped terribly as they walked, and Faramir just rolled his eyes. It wasn't as though he had forced the other hobbit to take part. On the contrary, Gobby had been as much the mastermind behind the plot as he was, but Gobby was far more sensitive than Faramir and a perpetual warrior. He was probably just upset at the thought of no more cakes that evening. He was a typical brandy book when it came to food. Their father said nothing as they led. The- just <laughs> what, what an insult. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel that. Their father said nothing as they led their wayward sons back to the inn and ushered them both inside with a feeble attempt at looking stern. The inn was empty with all the patrons still gorging themselves at the mayor's party. The boys were directed to sit before the dying fire, and Mary disappeared for a moment and returned with some bread, cheese, and water for them. Take that and be grateful, he said. Oh, sorry, guys. Here comes the on. <laughs> yep. Take that and be grateful, he said. By this time tomorrow, the rats could have eaten everything in the shire. The boys did so, Gobby practically inhaling his, but Faramir still continued to stare at the other two, who sat a little bit away with some beer and seed cake, chatting joyfully with each other. He narrowed his eyes. You didn't really want to put frogs into the beds of everyone at Branny Hall, did you? The other two jumped and then glanced guiltily at each other. Faramir blinked. The thought of the two most important officials in the Shire, apart from the mayor, advisors to the king, no less, acting in such a way seemed inconceivable. You did. We were all young ones, his father shrugged. We've all done silly things. Yeah, you most of all, Pitt, Mary said, rolling his eyes. A certain well and more, yes, please, mine. <laughs> his father frowned. That wasn't my fault. The orcs already knew we were there. They would have found us eventually. Maybe. What about the volunteer? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know what it was, did I? <laughs> have you just watched it's amazing. this? It's just so funny. Mary exhaled, shaking his head, though he didn't look annoyed. His eyes sparkled in hidden memory. 
Sam shouldn't have told you such stories, boys, he said. We were idiots back then. This one here most of all. I'd much rather tell you stories of all of our glories down south. Faramir groaned and rolled his eyes. You mean stories about Gondor and Rohan and Moria and all the rest of it. Why don't you like our stories? We've all heard them a hundred times, Faramir muttered. Well, Gobby likes them, don't you? Mary demanded, looking back at his son, who by now had ceased stuffing himself. Gobby flushed pink and looked at his hands, which twisted in his lap. Yes, he mumbled, but, well, you do tell them a lot. Mary looked at the boy with an expression of betrayal and then looked back at his friend. Imagine that, Pippin. We get chased by black riders, almost freeze to death on a mountain, and get lost underneath it, get kidnapped by Eurex, capture Isengard from a wizard, almost get killed in battle, and then liberate the Shire from ruffians, and our friends <laughs> find it boring. What was the point of us going through all of that if we didn't know most about it now? That's a whole mood. I mean, he <laughs> I'll have you two know that the people of Gondor think a lot more highly of us than you do, his father said in mock anger. In fact, did you know that the people of Gondor call me... Oh, no. Ernil I... Firiana... I don't know. <laughs> the two boys chorus dully. Prince of the halflings, we know. Oh, his father said, mouth opening and closing for a moment. He glanced at Mary. Is there anything we haven't told them? Mary looked stumped for a moment. His eyes felt, his eyes fell to the glasses of water the boys were drinking out of, and they lit up. He smiled. Have we ever told you how we came to be the tallest of all hobbits? Faramir and Gobby looked at each other in a moment, slightly intrigued. This isn't going to be something boring, is it? Were you just always <laughs> tall? <laughs> of course not, Faramir's father cried. In fact, when we set off on our quest, I was the shortest of all of us. Faramir stared at him, unable to believe that his father, who towered over all other hobbits at an impressive four and a half feet, had ever been short. What happened? Did the Yurks stretch you out or something? No, nothing like that, Mary said. They did give me a nasty conk on the head, though, he said, fingers touching the old scar at his headline. This happened afterwards, when we met the Ents. You've told us about the Ents, Faramir said, falling back in disappointment. Pretty beard and quick beam and all the rest of them. Ah, but we've never told you about the secret imp drop, Mary said, quickly against grant glancing around as if to check they were alone. No one knows about that. What is it? Gobby asked, scraping his stool across the floor to be closer. It's a secret imp drink, Faramir's father said. It's made from the water of the ant wash and some other things as well. It was all we had to drink, and we didn't think anything of it at first. But when we started drinking it, we began to notice strange things, Mary whispered. Things very unhobbit like. Like what? Despite himself, Faramir found himself also leaning in to hear more. The drink looked like water, but it tasted different, his father said, eyes lost in memory. Such a drink you can never imagine. It felt like the life water of the earth itself, as if just by drinking it, we were becoming a part of nature. One of the drinks had a smell that reminded you of far-off woods, Mary said, but another was more nourishing, and the flavor was richer like the earth itself, almost food-like. We didn't eat at all when we drank those. We didn't need to. We didn't notice at first, his father said. But one day I turned around and looked at Mary and thought, hold on, I'm taller than you. Something which had never happened before, I assure you, Mary said solemnly. It puzzled us exceedingly, and even more so because the next time I looked, it was me who was taller. Every time we drank those draughts, we grew, Faramir said. Faramir's father said. Not too much at first, but little by little, so little that we barely noticed. Then before we knew it, we had grown several inches taller, Mary announced. We could probably ride horses now if we wanted. 
Even Frodo and Sam noticed the first time we saw them again, his father nodded. It was one of the one of the first things they said to us, and they'd just come from Mordor and had a whole host of other things on their minds. Are you really saying that a drink made you grow taller? Faramir asked. He looked into their faces, trying to see if they were pulling some sort of prank on them, but both their faces were deadly serious. That's impossible. Nothing is impossible with Ents, Mary said wisely. They're the oldest things in Middle-earth, save perhaps Tom Bobadil. These draughts are what help Entings to grow. Entings? Baby Ents, his father said. And don't laugh at me, boy, I'm not making this up. It's as true as the nose on my face. They haven't been in, there haven't been any Entings in a long time, though. Why's that? They lost the Entwives. Fairmere looked between the two hobbits, a laugh threatening to burst out, out, of, out of him at any moment. You're trying to trick me, aren't you? How could they lose Entwives? That's a long story, Mary said. One so long, Treebeard never managed to finish telling us it. He just asked us to keep an eye out for them. Did they try looking for them? Oh, yes, for a long time. There's plenty of songs written about it. What do they look like? Gobby asked, utterly drawn in. Treebeard couldn't remember, his father said with a frown, but I'd imagine they'd look very much like ants, almost tree-like. And where are these ant wives supposed to be hiding, Faramir asked, unimpressed. The South Farthing? Buckland? Actually, Mary said with a grin, they might be. What? Sam's cousin, Hal Gamgee, said he was he saw a walking tree in the North Farthing once, he his father said. Everyone laughed at him, but you never know, Mary said, winking at them. Maybe it was an ant. Or maybe it was a tree, Faramir said. Trees don't walk. I'm shocked at your son, Pinpin, Mary said turning to his friend in despair. Have you ever told him about the old forest and old man Willow? I most certainly have, his father said with a frown. I wasn't about to let myself be near squashed in half by a tree for nothing. Everyone knows the old forest is queer. The trees are angry with the hobbits who used to cut them down, and they'll attack anyone that tries to walk through. That's just a story, Faramir said, though more uncertainly than before. The high hedge is there for a reason, young Faramir, Mary said to him severely. Folks are still scared of that place. Exactly, his father nodded. The forest is exactly why Bucklanders are thought to be so queer. He ignored a jab in the ribs by Mary and continued. If there are any entwives around, that's probably where they'll be. So next time you're close, keep an eye out. And you never know what you'll see, Mary said, tapping the side of his face knowingly. Trees do more than you think they do. I'll believe it when I see it, Fairmere said, folding his arms certain now that his father and Mary were having him on. Walking trees, antwives in the Shire, it was ridiculous. The two older hobbits just exchanged another look and laughed. Faramir said nothing more to either of them as they cleared away the remnants of their meager meal. Mary soon left to go back to the party and find the rest of their families, their mothers and Gobby's sisters, and let them know where they were. Faramir's father remained behind to watch the two delinquents and soon ordered them to bed. As his father dimmed the light in the little room, the two boys were sharing Faramir looked back at him. It isn't really true, is it? He asked quietly, trying not to awaken Gobby in the next bed, who had fallen unconscious as soon as his head hit the pillow. Ant draughts and ant wives and all of it. His father laughed softly and perched himself on the end of the bed. He smoothed some of Faramir's wayward brown curls away from his face. I wouldn't lie to you, my boy. It's all true. He leaned closer, a mischievous grin on his face. If you were to find an ant wife, it'd be the greatest discovery of the age. Maybe devote some more time to that than to that of crawling around looking for rats. Tooks are adventurers, after all. Faramir pondered this for a long while after his father had left the room. He turned over in his bed, drawing the bedclothes closer together, and listened to the distant sounds of the party. Find an ant wife. It sounded utterly ridiculous. 
But then he thought of what would happen if he did find one. His name would be as famous as his father's. Maybe he'd even finally be allowed to go with his father when he visited the king. He could be an explorer like Bilbo or a hero like Frodo. Maybe even a knight of Gondor like his father. He'd be, he'd be most famousest of hobbits, a took to be remembered. Faramir slowly drifted off to sleep, and that night, his dreams were filled with images of walking trees and faces in the bark and branches, which subtly shifted into limbs the more you looked at them. He would find an antwife. Uh, <laughs> don't know if or not. Hold on. Oh, it says so continue reading next part of the chapter. I think might just be the next part. I okay. am in love. Okay. Like, I know. First of all, the way that the culture and everything was captured, like, 10 out of 10. Well done. Like, yes. I'm having a hard time using words. <laughs> it definitely made you feel like you were in yeah. the Shire with them. Yes. Like you were just yeah, going right was- back to it. The way that she, um, uh, the grammar, especially when Sam had his little speech to them, um, it literally sounded exactly it did. like how it Sam did. would have talked to the movies. Which I loved. It was a little hard yeah, to do, it was. I loved it. <laughs> I really appreciated that part. Um, and the ant, like the ant wives, and I really enjoy. Okay, because I'm re well, I'm listening to Fellowship of the Ring um, right now, and she mentioned, um, or Sam did, or whatever, um, talking about like Sam's. I forget. Was it his friend or somebody? His cousin? I don't know. Saying that he saw a walking tree, like that was a nod. Like that happened in fellowship, and I, yeah, ah, I just, I like where this is going. That's what I'm trying to say. I like where this is going. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, it's it's so cool when they can draw on some things that like actually happen yeah. and make a story around it. Um, right, right. Yeah, there's not happen. a whole lot of information like of the you fourth know? age in general. Um, but yeah, the idea that the ant wives might still be around, right? And who's to right. say that they're not if the ants are exactly because I don't think there's anything that's canon that says they're not. I think a lot of fans have just accepted that they went over the river to yeah. I forget what that place is called. Um, it's like across from. Fangorn, um, and that that place was burned. Okay, yeah, and that's what happened to them. But I don't think that's I don't think that's canon. I think that's like I think that's head canon. So, the wool, uh, okay. I guess, is what it's called. Or no, the brown land. And that's also not to say that like maybe one or two or you know right. a handful of them went right or just way. escaped. Yeah, the brown land. Or- yeah, maybe maybe there are a few uh, still yeah. existing out there. I love this. I do too. I love yes. it so much. They are my I think we should continue favorite. with this. Um, I think it's completed, so I think we're good to yes. do the whole thing. Ah, okay. And this was the first. This was yeah. the first. Uh, yep. After so. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. I- 
because the next one is the next one says the next chapter is oh so this is this is great yeah yeah i'm i'm here for it i'm here for it and maybe we can kind of dig into more of the the lore of ents i don't know how much there is to be honest outside of what's like actually in the lord of the rings book which i guess would probably be two towers but yeah yeah um, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's not my field of expertise. Yes. That's what, that's what research yes. is for. Wait, this, this podcast has now become homework? What? No, we signed up for it. Just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. I, do, it's I don't mind. so I much fun to kind of dive back into it. And Caleb and I will pause the movie and look um, look up the timeline. Be like, when did this happen? And when did that happen? And um, comparing it to what happens in the movies. Because um, I think we tend to forget yeah. that the movies, while the Lord of the Rings films do a phenomenal job, not all of it is exactly accurate, because it could be. Um, but we tend right. to forget what's right. what's accurate and what's not. And it's really fun to just dive back right. into the book and look it up and use... Um, Wikipedia, if we're being honest. But... <laughs> yes. And yes. But yeah, I love it. I, I am definitely down for continuing this this story. Yeah. I hope you guys liked it. Let us know. Let Check us it know out. Um, go vote on the, the book. Okay, good. Yes, yeah, I did. I um, it. And yeah, I hope we can continue reading this. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we'll do this every week. Um, maybe we'll do a couple weeks and then read a one shot, kind of break it up. Um, I think it's kind of what we did before too. Yeah. So we'll kind of stick more to that. Yeah. Yeah. Format. Yeah. But yeah. And, uh, once I get, uh, once I read through some of the Cimmerillion a little bit and, uh, we get a little bit, uh, get a yeah. Little bit yeah. We'll kind of let y'all know what we're. That, that might be yeah, like a yeah and it might be a little while out so that one's <laughs> yeah because it's not it's i have a feeling it's gonna be fun but it's not gonna be it's gonna be like eating a steak as opposed to just having some soup but steak is gonna be a little yeah, harder it's, it's gonna, gonna take be... a little bit more time so um yeah, that might be something that we do once a month a little bit later down the road. But I think for right now, we're going to stick with uh, Of Tooks and Brandy Books by Idril Tocantar. <laughs> You'll be able to find it. Sorry if I'm uh, I think you can already find it on our Wattpad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chronicles of Fiction on Wattpad. Um, you can go look through our library. You can go ahead and look it up, read through it if you want to. And I think we'll be reading through this chapter by chapter for a little bit. But um, I am very excited. I love... Um, I love the idea of following Mary and Pin Pin because yeah. they were some of my favorite hobbits in the books, you know, aside from Bilbo um, and from The Hobbit. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm very excited to, to kind of, I don't know, get a little bit more on their children and their lives. And right. of course, the ants are my absolute favorite. So I'm down with <laughs> anything antish. Yeah, this ought, to be, this ought to be good. And the writing, can we just, so, can we just take a moment to appreciate the writing? 10 out of 10. Yes. yes she is so good. Most I'm people on Wattpad are. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, send us a DM. <laughs> uh, but it is. It's really good. Like I said, 
I loved the grammar that she used speaking as Sam because Sam nice. does have a very specific way of talking. Um, and she did that. She she changed the grammar uh, structure of her sentence when speaking as him. And I yeah. absolutely love that. I love looking for things it does. like that. It just it does. adds authenticity Beautiful. to it. So well done. So well done. Yes, very well done. All right, guys. Well, that is of Tooks and Brandy Bucks. Or of Brandy Bucks and Tooks. <laughs> Wait, is it? Already it? That? Of Tooks and Brandy Bucks. Of Tooks and Brandy Bucks. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. I guess that's going to be it for this. And we will see you next week. Episode. Follow us, Chronicles of Fiction, on Wattpad, Instagram. That's all we have. Email us at like to talk at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> I know what I love it. Such a email. <laughs> Cough. We like to talk. <laughs> and the COF does stand for Fiction. It doesn't but it's great. <laughs> it is great. COF, we'd like to talk at gmail.com. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, if you have a fan fiction that you would like um, on the podcast that you particularly like to read, let us know. We can look it up. Um, and we will see you guys Indeed. next week. Bye. Talk to you guys next week.